This podcast is brought to you by Bonus Room Productions and We Own This Town. I am Jason T. Mears Esquire. And I'm Kelly Hoyle Bullock. And we are San Dimas Today. How's it going, Kelly? Pretty good, JT. Uh, I'm excited for two reasons. Uh, one, I just watched Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and I just have so much to say. I, I've never been more excited for a franchise than after seeing this movie. And then number two, we've got a special guest. We've got a really good friend of ours, a incredible uh, artist in her own right, we found out, actually, when we came up with this idea for this podcast, she was already ahead of us, man. She was already watching the entire franchise. and so I know. I, I was following her tweets, and I was like, Jasmine, you got to calm down. You, you need to wait. Wait for <laughs> Kelly and I, because I was so excited to see somebody else doing this during quarantine. Welcome, Jasmine Cassett. Thanks Thank for joining you us. Thank so, Boy, am I happy to be here. Finally, you've got two other people to talk about The Fast and Furious with. I mean, okay, so one thing I got to talk to you all about. I know that y'all had me on for episode three, Tokyo Drift, but I think you guys are watching the movies in the wrong order. Yeah, I, I think I know where you're going with this, <laughs> but you know, we, we decided we do uh, the, the the order of release for kind of kind of like maximum effect. I smell what you guys are cooking. I know that there's going to be a timeline shift with this. Well, this movie takes place in 2013. It does, and it was released <laughs> what in 2006. Yep, I. I I'm pretty confident that in 2006, they did not realize that this movie took place in 2013. That seemed like 2013 drifting to me. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it, it was uh, really, really uh, foresaw what was to happen with the drifting circuit over those, you know, seven years. It, major shifts happen. Okay. No, there's something about the timeline that sticks out to me just because I, I watched these about two weeks ago. Uh, I just watched, we watched one every night and mm -hmm. and I did the same thing as, as what you're doing, Kelly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Hobbs and Shaw after the first one. So the second one, I haven't heard y'all second one yet. It comes out tomorrow. So that was a little bit tough. I mean, that movie, it was good. Like when he, he landed a car on the yacht, that was sick. But <laughs> by the third by the time we're at the third movie here, like I'm really starting to miss my family. Yeah. You know, and boy, I mean, I know I'm skipping ahead, but boy is Dom a sight for sore eyes in that last scene, you know, like I yelled when that happened last night to the point that uh, my roommate like called me out on it today. <laughs> I mean, they really make you miss them. That's the only reason I think. In hindsight, obviously, three fits a lot better, like linearly between six and seven. But also, like after two, like you're ready for the family again. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think with the first movie, that theme of family, I mean, that's what really hits home. That's what I loved most about the first movie. You know, just everybody eating a meal together with a Corona. Am I right? <laughs> you are absolutely right. Uh, I mean, like, I've never liked Corona, but after watching that movie, I will absolutely fucking order one. I mean, with, <laughs> without hesitation, without irony. Jasmine, when when did you first start watching the Fast and the Furious movies? Did you, did you like, watch them as they came out, or did you come to them later? When, when did you get involved? Two weeks ago. I saw, I saw Tokyo Drift in the theater. Whoa. And I think okay. I think I might have seen a couple other ones 
like, but not, it wasn't like a thing that I was following. You know, the, the interesting thing about this series is that you do start following it, you know, with like an ironic sense. And then by the end of, of seven, you're, weeping i think that's the best trick that they did because they were stumbling along right like the first one neat little genre movie it's fine for what it is they cash in because it's so successful they do a a terrible sequel the terrible sequel doesn't do well so they're like well we have a franchise here how do we continue this on and they ended up doing tokyo drift which again it's like okay this is just like trimmers four right i mean like whatever we're using the name we're gonna have some similar elements and then move on and then, like, the next one, it, it, it ties back into the first one. And that's like, oh, cool, they went back to the core cast, and that's great. And then, eventually, like, something clicks, and it's like, wait, this has gotten so much better than the, the previous four installments. So good, yeah, it, yeah. it gets insane. But Tyrese, I know I wasn't on last week, but Tyrese, he really settles into that character. He really becomes awesome later. It's really annoying in the second movie, but, like, by seven and eight, he's fucking hilarious excuse me no you were excused uh feel free to go blue jasmine um (laughs) yeah it it is because they figure out the character beats and everybody kind of settles eventually into an archetype and it just works so smoothly um it's a very well-oiled machine how they're able to cherry pick from yeah but let's talk about uh tokyo drift huh the opening sequence of tokyo drift like lucas black in seattle or wherever he is like racing against that entire like first 20 minutes of the movie i feel would have been exposition in any other film i feel like we wouldn't have seen that did you notice the guy he's racing at the beginning yes it's the guy it's the it's the brother from Home Improvement. Yes, and he's be- and he's beating an effigy of a Native American, and candy is coming out. <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also looked a little bit like Randall from Bill and Ted, but <laughs> tying it back into San Dimas. But th- that's twenty minutes of movie, right? That that could or sh- maybe even should have been relegated to two sentences that Lucas Black would have told to Bow Wow after he meets him in school, right? Like any other movie, <laughs> the movie starts with Lucas Black showing up at his dad's doorstep. Probably a good excuse to get a uh, opening car race sequence in. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, it, it, I, I totally get why they do it. I mean, it's but, sick how he, like, rips through that subdivision, and then it also kind of implements every man has to have a code. I think it's actually Shaw who says that. Yeah, but, I think uh, it is. I think it is. It kind, of implements, it kind of implements Sean's code, which is that it's it's not the ride, it's the rider. And, and there are little things that set up in there, like when he's going through his high school day, where, um, you know, he's going through security and, like, going through metal detectors, showing that, like, high school's more of a hardship than maybe people make it out to be. And, again, the guy's 24 and playing 17. (laughs) 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 You got some definite 90210 stuff going on here with, like, just, okay, that is is definitely an adult man or a narc, you know? Um, (laughs) A federal agent later on in life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and then uh you know like uh there, there's there's the fat kid getting beat up in shop class and you're like oh is he gonna be the hero and then he's like oh he's not gonna be the hero. <laughs> wow this guy's dangerous and not quite the yeah it, it, it just interesting choices it goes on so long and then they throw in weird details like the uh the mom who 
is uh, like trying to sleep with the yeah she's with... I, I just it, it it boggles my mind and then they throw in little commentary about like class inequity with like the other two like the the home improvement kid and and his girlfriend getting off scot free just because they're well connected it's like this is a lot to unpack for a movie about drifting <laughs> in Tokyo, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, well, I think it's. I think what they're doing is, is they're trying to like bring this in to our world. I mean, I, I know you guys aren't into like wh- talking about what other casting was considered for these movies, but well, we're totally in. Oh, I oh, did, we're, we're fully I, in. <laughs> I did read that Channing Tatum auditioned for the role of Sean. Yeah. In the movie. And I think that a big reason that they ca- that they're casting a guy like Lucas Black is because he looks like a guy that would go to Gallatin High School, and this movie is like completely appealing to a guy that would go to Gallatin High School. You know, it's like making him a relatable country boy character. All right, all right, Jasmine, are you saying that Lucas Black could not carry a magic bike? <laughs> I, yes. I, I saw his nipples in, yeah i was gonna say that the, the nipples house. blew that <laughs> <laughs> i do want to give a shout out to my boy lucas black because he uh started off as like the kid in kevin costner's the war and sling blade and grew up into friday night lights and then really hit his uh Terrible acting yet lovable vibe prime in the NCIS New Orleans series. So uh, I do have a lot of love for the guy. It's Peyton Manning at a wig. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much all I see when I see Lucas Black. It just I, I see a Papa John's commercial when I watch Lucas Black act. I, I will say, like, the end of the movie, uh, Tokyo Drift, is so good that I don't care anymore. Like, he actually transcends and really rises to the occasion. But, man. Man, it just—he's a charisma suck. He's just a y'all. He's just a regular guy, you know. He's a sloppy drifter, and he's a regular guy. Seeing him in uh, in other roles, he always injects Alabama into everything that he does. Like, there's always a Roll Tide or like a Bama Boy, Bama boy. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, okay, you know, I'm not going to hate on the guy. I, I I genuinely like this movie. I think he's fun in it. God bless them. Let there let there be room in Hollywood for the Lucas Blacks. Let let there be the Bama yes. Blacks out there. You know, why not? We don't we don't need Channing Tatum to be the star of every film, right? <laughs> right? No, totally. I I think he's perfect for the role because he's he's bringing like this movie about another about like this completely unrelatable like culture to the average watcher and a watcher like me. Like I don't under, I don't understand those cars or those roads or those laws or anything, but like he's bringing that into like something that I can relate to. And he looks like, he looks like us. He, so spoiler alert for the listeners. We mentioned this last week, his character on NCIS new Orleans was killed off this season. And I've heard the rumor is, is that he's signed on for a certain F nine movie that's coming out in 2021. I know he's in it, man. He's in it. He's in it, dude. He's he's in it. He's back. Uh, the and also, uh, I I read the Bow Wow again. <laughs> oh All right, yeah. which I did appreciate. What was his name? Twinkie? Was it Twinkie? Yeah, Twinkle, Twinkie, Twinkie. I don't know. Like, yeah, he was always also kind of like the Virgil, showing Lucas Black around. You know, the, this foreign land that he was unfamiliar. It's kind of it's kind of sick how. 
at the end, he just has like 10 grand in the back of his car. Yeah. <laughs> Han would have wanted you to have this. Yep. 10 grand. So, so can we talk about Han? My God. Yes, okay. Please. Yes. I mean, he's, he is the, he is the MVP of this movie. He really is. I mean, like, I don't know if this movie's any good without Han. Han is so chill. He's the chillest, like that, the, the whole demeanor. And I, I wasn't sure what to think at first. Because uh, you didn't know if he was just being cool, but would turn out to be a really bad guy, and then he, he just yeah. ends up being the same speed the whole movie. Unfortunately, till he dies. But uh, I did a little background on this, right? So this this was the first Fast and Furious that Justin Lin directed. Who yep. I know he he did like the next few movies, uh, and is like the major director of the series. But the first movie he did uh, that was before this one. I think it was called Better Luck Tomorrow. Yep. This actor was in that movie as Han Lu. And so this director, when he got to Fast and Furious, he decided to write this character into the movie. And so Han apparently has his own origin story in this movie, Better Luck Tomorrow, which uh, kind of blew my mind. And now I'm going to have to watch that too. So. We, we should actually, um, I'm going to suggest that we watch that as part of this series. I've never seen it either. I'm so uh, down. Jasmine, would you like to rejoin us for that one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will just watch it, I guess. I don't have to be on your No, no. We'd love to have you back. Uh, I, I heard from somebody about this, and I was like, I had no idea, and I have to watch that. And I absolutely, absolutely have to watch it, because I want more Han in my life. Dude, Han is sick. So, Kelly, I, so actually, y'all, I don't know how much. Did they just watch this movie again, like, around the fifth movie and be like, and base what happens to Han on his monologues or what? Cause his attitude makes so much sense. I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for Kelly, but his attitude makes so much sense for like, if it, if this was between six and seven. Yeah. I think that movie better luck tomorrow kind of deals with these affluent Asian Americans that get caught up in petty crime and theft. It seems like it provides like a really good basis for how this dude is in Tokyo Drift, even though we don't really get any background. Yeah, so, so let's watch that. Let's absolutely plug that in at some point. I think that could totally fit into this series. Another thing that blew my mind in this movie, you know, is it's going on, you start hearing about, uh, what's the, uh, the, the asshole Drift King? Is that Takahashi? Uh, DK, just call him DK. DK, right. So DK, you hear about, he's got an uncle in the Yakuza. And... <laughs> I'm watching this thing and I'm like, oh man, I hope they bring out like an old school baddie to be this dude's uncle. And then holy shit, it's fucking Sonny Chiba. Yeah, right? One of the greatest Japanese like martial arts movie stars of all time. Uh, So that was like that, that really won me over right there. Justin Lin coming into this series is the best thing that happened to this series, period. I remember at the time, and, and I had not watched these movies when they were coming out, but I, I just read way too much uh, movie news and crap like that. And people are like, they're bringing back Justin Lin to do the fourth movie? Did anybody watch Tokyo Drift? And, and I, I last episode, I, I speculated that Tokyo Drift was the worst rated uh, Fast and Furious movie. It turns out that was Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious has like a like a 36% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Tokyo Drift has 37%. So it's slightly better, but 
people just hated this movie and i get it it so much of it is not good but there is so much great stuff in it like the last 20 minutes are fantastic right i mean like it, it it's it's next level great i mean how cool is it that um lucas black's idea is to just i have this problem i'm just gonna go talk to a yakuza lord i'm just gonna go, just gonna go talk to him yeah that's that's what the yakuza are known for right? <laughs> yeah. but it's really interesting because it seems like the yakuza lord actually really appreciates how straight up he is he's obviously really annoyed by his nephew and like is actually ends up being super chill about him totally humiliating his nephew and like running him off of a cliff. Yeah. He totally honored the deal there at the end. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole idea of like, I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah. is really good. You know what? Y'all, I got a problem. I'm going to, I'm going to man up. I'm going to do it myself. I did like the, uh, his like Navy father kind of coming through right. there at the end. Yeah. Like yep. that, that was bringing the family back a little bit. And then they, Oh, that gets you with Dominic at the very end there. Just, uh, just I lost it. I lost it, yeah. you guys. So I, I, I read a story about that, how that happened. Are, are you guys familiar with like how that cameo actually came about? No idea. Okay, well, this, this is cool. I think you'll uh, enjoy this. So they shot the movie, and first off, they were going to have Brian in it, but the studio was like, no, Paul Walker's too old. He's not going to resonate. Just guy's too old. Guy's too old. So they got Lucas Black, which is, I mean, Lucas Black, charisma-wise versus <laughs> Walker. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> makes sense. They shoot the film, and then they test screen it, and it just, it's terrible. The audiences hate it. They're like, what the what the hell? We're not doing this. No, no, thank you. Like, we got to get Vin Diesel back for a cameo. And Vin Diesel's like, I'll do it, but you have to give me the rights to the character of Riddick. Because, like, the second movie he wasn't in, because he did Chronicles of Riddick, and he was so invested in this character of Riddick. He's like, I will, I will do a cameo in Tokyo Drift if you give me the rights to Riddick free and clear. And they, Universal gave him the rights to Riddick. They're like, fuck it. Here it is. Go. Take it. Vin Diesel self-financed a, a, a third Riddick movie called Riddick, which I, I've never seen. I did see Chronicles of Riddick. But he agreed to go in and shoot that scene just to get the rights to Riddick. Incredible. I got to see Riddick. I, I, I do too now. <laughs> we got a new miniseries coming up. <laughs> uh, San Dimas Today presents The Fast and the Curious, The Chronicles of the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, yeah, the stuff writes itself. It's perfect. Another thing with this, this movie is it's like another iteration of racing. And like drifting was certainly something I knew nothing about. And I think yeah. I, I think I had it mixed up with drafting which is something they do in NASCAR. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> I was uh, I was actually kind of blown away and then I was I was I was reading up that they, you know, it was really Justin Lin who hammered home that this had to be about drifting racing and they had all these like legendary Japanese race car drivers, drift 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 kings, I guess, DKs mm -hmm. um, involved and uh, uh, doing the driving and and overseeing all of that thought that was pretty awesome yeah and evidently like uh, a couple tire companies donated four thousand tires for them to make this film and over 150 cars were wrecked filming this movie <laughs> i mean it's nuts i, I but I, I really really 
again, not a car guy, I really appreciated the driving of this movie. It was really cool to see people manipulate automobiles in that way. But doesn't he, isn't Sean driving an American car at the end? He is, but it has a Japanese engine in it. Okay. Yeah, they, they remember uh, the authorities or whoever had raided everything out of Han's shop except for a totaled car. And then uh, they, they go in and they're like, hey, Sean, look, perfect engine in this totaled car. And then they go to their debt to Sean's Oh, his dad's, dad's car. Yeah, and they, they drop that Japanese engine in, in the uh, American car. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of like a paying respects to the whole um, Dom and his dad's car yep. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Dad's car. So, Kelly, what do you think about what's coming? What, what are you speculating as far as the fourth movie? Well, um, gosh, I, you know, you have to you have to hope they're going to tease you with Dominic that we're going to get some of the OGs back for the next movie. I, I want my Dominic. I want my uh, Brian back together again. I would love some Michelle Rodriguez, like still probably my favorite core actors, but the strong roles in the last couple movies, you know, would love away. I know that Tyrese comes back at some point, uh, which is great. You know, you mentioned maybe Bowell later on. Uh, somehow getting these Tokyo cats involved whenever the timeline kind of reconnects. But oh my god, I can't wait for you to get to this other stuff. I know, I know, I know. I know. At this point, Kelly, I just got to say you've done your homework, man. The hardest part is behind you. The hardest part is behind it's you. It's like, so true. It's it's like know? watching Star Wars. You know, it's like watching Star Wars from one. Two, three to the end. <laughs> it, it, it really is. So uh, <laughs> the prequels are done. <laughs> and, and again, like the 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 fourth Fuck one, Jar Jar. Right. The Jar Jar is like exactly like the second movie. Yeah. It's like it's like the second movie is is which one is Jar Jar Mason? The uh, first. Yeah, he's he's heavy in Phantom Menace and then like hated so much. No, it's just the first like, three. It's just the first three are the are the toughest. Now, now it's home free. You're not going to believe the production value. So four again, like the lowest point of what's coming. Like, and yeah. it's good. You know, four four is fun. It's different. Um, after four, it exponentially amps up and gets so fun. So God, fun. they get you. Yeah, they're, they're about to get you. <laughs> they really, really are. I noticed it's titled Fast and Furious. That's yes, the fourth movie. Yeah, they, so. they they really start trying to figure out ways to keep it named fast and furious without like <laughs> it, yeah, it feels it, like a new baseline is it a new baseline <laughs> it kind of is it kind of is mm -hmm. yeah. yep uh you guys this has been really great i can't believe i'm sitting here three movies in this pumped about a franchise that i used to think was so far outside my wheelhouse um i'm not a car guy i never have been and never will be but maybe Maybe a little bit is rubbing off on me now. Maybe I give a shit about an engine, and I definitely care about nitrous tanks. Because yeah, if there's one thing I've learned, is that nitrous tanks will just get you out of anything. Anything. Anything at all. <laughs> uh, one thing I learned watching the series is that Nas is an actual drink that humans drink. I never knew that. I thought it was like something oh, that went so in cars. Good. Is it? Okay. All right. Oh. It's the best of all energy drinks. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to order a case through Amazon Fresh, and... <laughs> Dude, get the blue flavored ones. It's okay. it's like every every insane thing in an energy drink all combined in one energy drink. You feel okay. the your insides getting nuked as you drink it, but it's amazing. <laughs> yes. 
I love it. I love it. So uh, so one thing I miss, like in the later movies, is when they actually show the anatomy of the car when they hit the Nas, you know? Yeah, yeah. They they do that thing that like movies in the late nineties, early nineties did where they do the CGI coursing through whatever like fight club did it with the brain and the body yeah. right like, hey jimmy's got a computer he can do some graphics what <laughs> fuck it get the chemical brothers to score something <laughs> we show this oh and this the music in this movie we got some kid rock in this one. Oh, oh thank you for bringing up kid rock because it was like oh god the music regressed so bad but then once he gets to japan it's fine you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, but you have to set through Kid Rock, and that's awful. So I, I, I should have apologized beforehand, Kelly, that you had to set through Kid Rock. It, it's okay. There was there was actually, like, a lot of Japanese hip-hop on that soundtrack. Uh, the Tokyo Drift song was mm-hmm. uh, really, really good, I thought. it's uh, The music only gets better. It only gets better. It gets <laughs> way less extremey and just chill and, and fucking great beats so like it loses does it lose some of the woodstock 99 it does it, <laughs> it really moves away from that and more and in, more into like really solid hip-hop i i had never heard two chains before i watched uh fast and furious Ooh. now i can say i've downloaded at least three two chain songs oh man well that about wraps it up uh we'd encourage everybody to just send jasmine cassett all the money that they have because she desperately needs it is that, is that <laughs> send me your stimulus checks. Hey, my rent check's coming on the first all right <laughs> send it to kelly it'll still come to me <laughs> no but seriously this has been a lot of fun thanks for coming on we're definitely gonna have you back um, as we get further so into the series. This, is, this has been a hoot. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Um, and also, thank you to Michael Lee, their producer, and We Own This Town, uh, without which this podcast would not be possible. That's right. He's, he's at home, still pumping this thing out to all of y'all. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till y'all are talking about eight. Okay. All right. Do you want eight's my eight's my least. Do you want back in on eight? We have you back for eight. Would you like to come back? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. We'll see it. You know, we'll just see how this one play. You know, we'll see how what the community response to this one is. I guess you know. (laughs) Oh, I think we're gonna get blown up, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Overwhelmingly positive. Oh, we've had over three new listeners since we started. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Kelly, you're, this is a, just a very exciting time for you. I, like, it's one of those <laughs> things where, like, I'm jealous of somebody that hasn't been on this journey yet that gets mm-hmm. to go on it for the first time. Yep. Yeah.